Coach Edelstein here, your celeb expert and your celeb savant. Celeb Savant is a weekly entertainment show. We have long-form career retrospective type interviews with celebrities, singers, actors, and industry experts. On this episode of Celeb Savant, I'll be speaking to Stacey Jackson. Stacey Jackson is a singer, songwriter, entrepreneur, TV presenter, and mother of four. She became an inspiration for stay-at-home moms when she shot to fame, having launched a career at age 40. Following the chart success of her debut single, Stacey has gone on to release four albums and over a dozen singles, recorded a track lived up with the legendary Snoop Dogg. She has also worked with Papa Levi and prolific dance music producers and remixes such as C-Rod and David O'Day. She's toured the world from stadiums to floats at Pride. Stacey also has her own show on Sky called Stacey Jackson in the 80s. This is Slaves of Ant with Stacey Jackson. Stacey, how are you? Where do we find you in the world? And what's happening in your world? <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, we are, I'm based in London. Yeah. Um, it, luckily, it's absolutely gorgeous here. We've had a wonderful summer. And, uh, obviously my accent is not British. Yeah. <laughs> I was born in Canada, um, moved to New York, lived there for about 11 years, and then came to London, oh, over 20 years ago now. Mm-hmm. So don't do any math. <laughs> now, I was reading up that you decided to, at a later age, dive into your entertainment music type career. Tell us more about that. Well, well, obviously I was always singing um, growing up. I was singing since I was 11 and in a band by the time I was 15. And so, you know, in Montreal and then moved to New York. And it was always something that I was doing because I could, and I always wanted to focus on it and be, you know, that was, I wanted it to be my vocation. My dream was to record an album and, but you know, life gets in the way, right? And I got married young. I had four kids and, um, you know, that kind of industry that I'm in, uh, it takes a, a big toll on you. You have to be committed. You have to be on the road. You've got a tour. So it was never something that I thought was really in the cards for me. And then my kids got a little older and, you know, I just got to that point in my own life, uh, as a, as a mom, um, stay at home mom where I thought, you know, I didn't want to be 70 or 80 and go, well, you know, I could have, or I should have. And so I was in my late thirties, early, uh, my late thirties, I, I, embarked on on recording an album and um by the time i turned 40 we released the album and it was an album that i did for a charity here based in the uk and um one song got remixed and uh there i was sitting between lady gaga and the scissor sisters and um so i started getting calls from like proper commercial pop and dance producers uh, saying, you know, your vocal suits this genre of music. Would you like to write an album? And the rest is basically history. So, yeah, here I am. <laughs> it was 15 years later. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, were you surprised by – or not surprised. I'm sure you were grateful. But but it wasn't the intention to do that. It was just to record for the charity. Were you surprised that it had legs and carried it to where it is now? Yes, I really was. I mean, I, you know, the door opened and I walked in it. I didn't know what was going to happen on the other side. I didn't know that ultimately it was going to take me to a collaboration with Snoop Dogg or a career in television. I mean, it was a real 
beginning of a journey. And I just said, you know, I, I have to do this for me. And um, my children and my husband were very supportive. They, you know, they obviously believed in me, believed in my talent, believed in my tenacity. And, um, and at that point, you know, after focusing on my family, my husband said, you know, this is your time. He, you know, we, it was a, it was a, a mutual agreement that I, I, I needed to be able to give it a go. Cause like I said, I, I didn't want to be much older and say, well, I, maybe I would have had the opportunity. Yeah. And if it didn't work for me, at least I would have given it a go. Yeah. Um, but it all worked out <laughs> in the end. So yes, we were very surprised, but pleasantly surprised. And, uh, I think things happen for a reason. Yeah. And then they say it's always about just showing up, showing up and having gratitude and being present in your passion and things will happen. <laughs> Absolutely. I totally agree with you. Yeah, that's for sure. And we, I know, and this is a touchy subject for, you know, I get frustrated by the subject because the world is very much focused on numbers as in age, you know, age being this. And because you this age means you can't do that. And I say to someone, Everyone all the time that, you know, you're as old as you want to be. And if you want to do something, you can do it. Did you ever experience any sort of backlash or ageism, as they call it, in your journey? Um, That's an excellent question. I think, well, yes, at the beginning, obviously. And I think we spun it quite well. I think people were just as impressed or, um, you know, Shocked that somebody uh, would have uh, of mm. that age mm. have the the chutzpah to <laughs> um, to go to go and and give it a shot. Um, so I think that people were at at first uh, like intrigued, and so then they they were like, "Oh, well, who is this person?" And they listened to the music and they're like, "Wait a minute, what? She's 40? <laughs> um So. Um, and then, you know, you go and you show them. And I performed uh, everywhere from festivals to stadiums to Formula One to I opened up for Billy Ocean. Oh, wow. I I was on the road touring. Um, I did football matches and like I I did it and I, I put in the work and and I was able to show them that I still had it. And I think at the end of the day, if the. If your supporters and your listeners love the music, they love what you're putting out, um, the DJs are playing it, then what does it matter how old you are? You're giving people great music, and I don't think it makes a difference. And now you have all these, you know, 80s stars who are back and very relevant and on tour again. And uh, and I think it's incredible that the new generation is now getting an appreciation for uh, for songs that, you know, are, are transcend the test of time. So I feel very, very blessed. So yeah, I'm glad that we're moving out of that ages, ageism thing. Speaking of 80s artists, I was reading the Bananarama autobiography. And when the, okay. when they turned, I think it was 24 or 25, mm-hmm. the record label said, okay, you has beens in the music industry now, but they're not interested in them. Something to that effect. I'm like, they're 24, 25. How can they be has been? So it was like, it blew my mind that such a comment would even be thought of or made. Well, it's, it's funny. I mean, I had this conversation. My kids are very into football, into soccer. And, um, you know, if you're in your mid thirties, you're ancient. I mean, they sent, they, they get rid of you, you know, I mean, it's a very grueling, uh, 
vocation not i mean obviously being a professional athlete is a lot more mm-hmm. physical but i mean you know it's not like you're sitting behind a desk all day <laughs> you know I, you know you have to put in you do you do have to put in the the grunt work like i said so i th- i'm like more power to all these amazing artists out there who are in now their 70s you know running <laughs> around giving performances i think it's wonderful i really really do yeah. and if you can why not <laughs> So tell us more about your music and your creative process. Um, well, I've been writing original material since I was 15. So, um, but I've, I've actually transcended myself through different genres of music, obviously living in the eighties, my influences at the time was probably like the rock. You know, I was really into Def Leppards, the White Snakes, the Van Halens, you know, like that was, I was a rock chick at heart. But then sort of out of the late 80s, um, I've got very into phys, uh, fitness and health. And um, so hanging out in clubs and, and fitness gyms and stuff, I, you know, that the music that had that beat for me was very inspirational because it gave me the, the power to move and and I loved I love that so I think now even in my current music what I do even though it is very influenced by the 80s um, I I sort of like to mix it up a little bit and have a little bit of that rock edge mm. but yet I have the beat with the, the dance music so that's really what my journey has been and I'm very grateful and very lucky that I like I said I authentically lived through that era so by writing music, I can actually pull upon real life experiences and sounds of that time. So, and it's great because I get to introduce it now to people who didn't live through it. You yeah. Know? Tell us more about your television career. What's happening in that space? So uh, I was asked to be the host of uh, an 80s nostalgic television series here on Sky TV. Um, you probably get Sky and um and it's been great the show's called Stacy Jackson in the 80s um i actually wrote the theme song for it flipside which um a little pat on my back is my, went to number 1 2 months ago oh wow so, Can you say, Mazel tov. <laughs> thank you very much um that was a very big deal for me um and the the show is a uh, it's uh, i basically every single week i theme out you know my playlist based on you know uh, what I feel like talking about in the week. So it could be movie soundtracks of the eighties or UK rock versus American rock mm-hmm. bands, uh, women in, women in the eighties, uh, you know, the, the fashion influence, uh, from music, MTV. Like, I mean, every single week is a totally different episode. And because it's, you know, I only get to play, I guess, 11 or 12 songs per episode. I, I could probably have, you know, the same theme if I wanted to for like weeks on end, yeah. <laughs> but I like to mix it up a bit. And, um, and it's been great because I, I get a lot of feedback from my viewers who throw in requests and they tell me where they were during the time they heard this particular song or what it meant to them. And, you know, uh, so it's been really, it's been really great. And, uh, and I love the research that I do on it. So I always throw in a few tidbits on, you know, what I'm talking about, uh, some different trivia about whatever band I'm highlighting mm. or whatever artist. So it's been, a real uh, memory lane experience for me and for my viewers has been great. <laughs> so is it, ba- is it an hour long show or yeah. an hour long show? So basically, uh, yourself presenting information about the yeah. artists and then playing those music videos. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, which is so cool because I mean, you remember you used to get VH1 and MTV. Where have they gone? <laughs> like there's you know, a, I, I'm, I'm a VJ. That is what I am. <laughs> I'm a mature VJ. Um, <laughs> 
But I, I'm like I said, it's been great because I actually lived through it. So it's not, mm. I get to put it off to a little bit of personality and some personal yeah. experience to it as well. Like, you know, it, I did an episode on the music that was there during my sweet 16 year, which was like 1985 or whatever. Mm. And so I, I just did an episode on ones, uh, that have just turned 40. So yeah. basically from 1982, uh, some songs from my day. So every week is fun and it's different and, um, and I just, yeah, and I, I've also, um, I've got a few 1980s, all, I, I don't want to say old artists, but <laughs> artists from the 80s, yeah. they're not old. No. <laughs> um, yeah, like Heaven 17 came on the show and they introduced their, you know, one of their records and mm. they're, they're on tour. So it's kind of like the way you do your thing with your artists. You, you speak to people who have, you know, from the past and largely if they have anything to say about what they've got new material coming out. So I like to, you know, I don't want it to be too, um, talk showy. Yeah. I want it to be more informative and people who watch my show really just want to watch the nostalgic videos. So, um, I find it really interesting because I'm a television person. So, um, we're film, you know, we obviously film in NHD, but like the eighties was only <laughs> so yeah. finding, finding high, quality links are is not it's not consistent it's quite difficult but i think people watch the show for them for the nostalgia yeah. and i think that they're okay with the fact that it's not crystal clear yeah. you know as, as it would be if you were watching something from that was filmed like now absolutely know? yeah i totally agree moving on to that transition from being wife mother to performing <laughs> on yes. stadiums and stages how was that transition for you? Was it a shock to the system? Was like, was it a quick movement? And then all of a sudden hit you like, wow, I was there. Now I'm there. Tell me more about that transition and that journey for you. You know, it, oh, I loved it, loved it, loved it. And when you're on the road, you're in it and you're just so focused. And especially if I tour, I had dancers in tow. So it was like a, you know, a real camaraderie and no matter where I toured, whether I did a North American tour or a British tour or a European <laughs> tour, it was always like, you know, like a real experience in itself, not just getting up on stage and singing, but like the act of being on tour was something that I always wanted to do. And, and I feel like I've done it. Like I've done it. I've been there. I, I don't miss it anymore. I mean, after COVID and then obviously landing the television series, I feel like, um, I probably will have to go back on tour at some point. I have a book coming out next year. So I, I do know that travel is definitely back in the cards mm. for me, but it, it's not the same when you're building a career and then you get to a certain place yeah. in your career. Um, and you know, it's part of, everybody has something in their life that becomes a part of who they are. Right. And that very much so was very much part of who I became now. And, uh, largely because, you know, my kids were super supportive and if they can come and see the show, they would. And, you know, my husband was the same. So I, I, I loved every single part of it, but, but like, do I miss it? Probably not as much as I thought I was going to, to be honest. I, I, and maybe it's because I've been fulfilled recently by the new television series yeah. and of course having finished the book during covid um that i'm moving on to other things in my career and i think that as an artist being able to expand and try different different things it's it's good i mean it's fulfilling for me yeah but i mean it's it looks from our side 
glamorous and you know <laughs> one country to the next. That is it can't be easy, it must be damn hard. One can flying oh change rehearsals and you don't have a day or night because of the time changes. It's not that easy. It appears no, to be glamorous, not. but it's, it's damn hard, hard work. Absolutely. And especially the kind of music that I that I do do a lot of it is very, very late at night. So, like, my Vegas shows were, like, at one in the morning. And, you know, my kids were getting up for school at that stage. You know, I'd get off a stage and I'd call home <laughs> and my school run. And I'd be like, okay, hi, guys. Okay, I know you're off to school now. I just literally just got off the stage, you know. Um, so it, it just really depend- <laughs> depended where I was in the world. And yeah. it was, like I said, no, it's not, it's not glamorous at all times. Um, it is sometimes. Um, but... It wasn't at all times and it was tiring, but I really enjoyed every single minute of it. And, and, you know, I still, I still get the buzz, you know, mm-hmm. somebody gave me a phone and said, get up there and, and perform. I, I wouldn't say no. <laughs> <laughs> now tell us more about, about the book. Is it an autobiography or? It is a fictionalized book loosely based on my life. Okay. Um, it's called um, How a Gangster Rapper Made Me a Better Mom. Okay. And um, so it'll be out next year and uh, maybe I'll be on your show again talking okay. about it. When it comes out. <laughs> sure. Um, but yeah, and it's, um, yeah, it's a fictionalized account. Um, and I, I fictionalized it because I had a lot more sort of dramatic license to be able to do it that way. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've been approached by many, many reality television series asking me to to be on their shows and from celebrity big brother to the real housewives and all that. And I, I just didn't think that something like that was the right thing for my family. Um, you know, I, I never minded it, but you know, being followed around by cameras, I'm used to that, but like to expose my family mm-hmm. to that sort of thing was never anything that anybody wanted to sign on for. So by doing it in a book form, it sort of made it, easier for me mm. and for them to to you know to deal with it so yeah it should be it should be an interesting thing when it comes out but we'll see <laughs> yeah, it sounds interesting i'm looking forward to reading that <laughs> tell me your experience of south africa have you been um, i have i okay desperate de- i've only been on a safari that was okay. the only time i have ever been to south africa mm-hmm. and i Absolutely loved it. Um, but I'm desperate to go to Joburg and to Cape Town. Um, where are you guys based? Are I'm, you in- I'm in Joburg. Joburg. In Joburg. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they're both two different towns. Uh, two different yeah. cities, obviously, it's like saying, you know, you've been to, you've, you've been to the States, you've been to New York. Yeah. So, um, I, I am, it is in the cards for me, definitely. In fact, I was thinking about doing it this Christmas, but my daughter's doing her GCSEs and it's just too complicated. So we'll see, but it's in the cards for sure. Good. So we'll keep in touch and when you come here, we'll have coffee. <laughs> uh, 100%. I, I, I'm, I'm taking you up on that. Perfect. <laughs> Music as it was in the 70s, 80s, 90s, you had your vinyl, then it was cassettes and CDs. Those are making a comeback. Gratefully, I love me a CD, but now it's this whole digital world. What are your thoughts about how people consume music now compared to previously? Oh, that's another excellent question because it's like, uh, you can go two different ways with that. Mm. I mean, 
the internet was definitely my best friend, but also my enemy at the same time, you know, and I, as an artist, um, it's definitely diluted the revenues, um, but it's also exposed me more uh, globally. Um, that's why you don't have to do as much touring if the music gets streamed, uh, you know, so it's, I mean, it's a much greater conversation. Yeah. Than that. But, um, you know, I, I am, I am grateful as an independent artist that we have the internet now. Um, but it is, it is tougher. There are other ways for a musician to make money that's licensing agreements and syncing your music with yeah. TV and with film and stuff, which I've been doing. And I think, but, you know, because it's so diluted now with the streaming, it is very hard as a business model for the artists. Um, and so that's changed. That said, you know, for me, someone like me and you who like this and just the nostalgia of it, I do miss the, the quality of the 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 album, the vinyl. Mm. You know, um, even even a CD uh, is different because you can touch it; it's yeah. tangible. It feels like something. You know, you're purchasing an actual thing mm -hmm. and. So it's a very, it's a long, long conversation. And I think every artist will have an opinion about it. Um, like I said, I, I have to be very middle of the road because like there are, there were so many advantages to being able to have the, this new plethora of, of uh, the world at your fingertips as an yeah. artist because of the internet. But then again, in terms of the business revenue, it's, it's, it's not the same. Yeah. So. So it's a, for me, I still buy, I still buy CDs and on, um, Celeb Savant, I, every, every week I do a CD unboxing of the ones that I've got because it's like something different and new. And it was like, Oh, you still get CDs. I never knew you still got them, but it's just to show oh, that. Well, I'll send you a couple of my older CDs. Oh, please do. Oh. And I'm just give you an address on an Instagram message and I'll. Oh, that'll be amazing. Send them over to you. Oh, no problem. Brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> Now, I'm going to put you on the spot. <laughs> I love okay. this. Top of mind, your top favorite songs, top five favorite songs by other artists. Oh, um, <laughs> well, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give a little plug for myself because okay. my new record is, is out. I've just done a cover of Foreigners Urgent. Yes. And Urgent was one of my favorite songs back in 1981. I was probably 12. I loved Foreigner. Um, so that is one of my favorite songs that I finally got to redo it. And it just launched a couple of weeks ago. Um, and it's, I stacyized it. So I definitely covered it in my way. Um, so I do love, uh, the 80s rockers. I would probably have to also say, you know, Guns N' Roses, um, for sure. Right, um, which song? Uh, which particular song? Probably, um, Sweet Child of Mine, you okay. know, that kind of thing. Um, I also, if you're gonna go back to Motown, always holds a very special place in my heart. Anything from the Supremes, Diana Ross, um, I Hear a Symphony, You Keep Me Hanging On, mm -hmm. any of those songs. Um, back in the nineties, if we're going back to the nineties, I liked a lot of the dance music stuff. I liked, um, I don't know if you know, Jam and Spoon. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. Uh, Riding Pat Tonight. Yes. Yes. Tonight. Yeah. Right, uh, right in the night. And yeah. that's a uh, Pluff was a really good friend of mine, actually. Yeah. So she'd be upset if I didn't tell her, <laughs> tell you that was one of my favorites. So that's another one. I think currently, like if I had to do a current one, um, I, I am a, a huge fan of, I think Dua Lipa is like an unbelievable, mm. talented woman. Um, I also like The Weeknd. And I think maybe I'm kind of 
honed into them specifically because they've been touching on some of the 80s yeah. sounds in yeah. their current records right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably why I'm feeling a little bit of a connection to those artists. Um, but I mean, you know, I have a, a connection to Snoop Dogg, so I, I'd be stupid if I didn't say that any one of his stuff was my favorite. Um, was my favorite. I mean, anything that he touches is gold, literally. Uh, the guy just has to say one sentence. <laughs> and, um, so he's probably my favorite rapper. Um, yeah, so those are, that's, that's the. That's the, it. Thank you. Thank you for that. Now, the podcast is listened to throughout the world. Yes, mainly in South Africa, but throughout the world. As a final message to our listening audience, what would you like to say? Oh, I would love to say just keep on dancing. You know, music is the, for me, you just have to press play and move, right? And I love that you could just pop in your earphones and just just dance or walk or, you know, movement is so great for everything. It's for your, for your spirits, for your, for obviously for physical and, uh, for your health. And I think that the music and health and well-being are so synonymous with each other. So for me, my message to everyone is just keep on dancing. Keep on dancing. I love it. So this is Barrett Edelstein's Slaves Vant signing out with Stacey Jackson.